if you ask me harish one thing that you would like to protect i would say i would like to protect this inner child of mine and uh, uh protect this uh, curiosity and hunger in me uh, till the day i die you know because uh, i think that's what can keep me going more and more you're listening to the wholehearted podcast and i'm your host cohen tan i'm on a mission to set hearts free and inspire people to break out of their self-limitations to create the life of their dreams. Each episode, I speak to people around the world who live with vigor, courage, and authenticity. And I hope their stories can inspire you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Podcast, where I speak with friends from all around the world who live life wholeheartedly, with courage, with vigor. And I hope their stories can inspire you. Today, I'm excited to speak to my good friend Harish Kumar from Chennai, India. Harish is a multidisciplinary artist whose mantra is to empower people to tap into their creative potentials. As a visual experience expert, he works across different domains of art, such as spatial designs and films. As a facilitator, he works with organizations, business leaders, and teams using play to to attain the best of business creativity. Harish, it's a pleasure to speak to you always. Hi, Cohen. Pleasure to be on your show. And I just simply love the name of your show, Wholehearted. It's so true, like the person you are. Uh, Bring a lot of heart and energy and love to the world. I uh, I really feel privileged to be on the show today. As always, pleasure to speak to you, Harish. So my, my first question for you is this. This is a question we ask of all our guests. What does being wholehearted mean to you? Hmm. Um, I think uh, wholehearted is, uh, like the word sounds, is something that's more from the heart and not too much from the mind. So when it's from the heart, it's very intuitive. It's very emotive. Uh, where you feel a lot more. Uh, I also tell, uh, I kind of believe in that uh, largely because I feel whenever we do art or design, it first needs to come from the heart and then you bring in your mind to put more of the rational element. Because creativity, I feel, is a lot from the heart first and then mind next. Uh, So I completely relate uh, with the whole idea because I feel that's, the mantra for me and I kind of so resonate with the idea of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That's the reason why you're on this podcast. I've I've been looking forward to speaking to you about this because you see, I think personally for where I come from, a lot of people, you know, they have dreams, you know, they have big ideas and however, they sometimes stop themselves from going wholeheartedly after their dreams or they give themselves you know um, different things like well i've got commitments um you know i've got to be realistic and as a result they live less than wholehearted lives and you know i am always very inspired by how you're such a wholehearted uh, person who just goes after your passion and your dreams you know uh, with such fervor and vigor so can you share with us a little bit more what do you think um from where you come from, are the obstacles of people living wholehearted lives? Ah, very valid question there because (laughs) when you live (laughs) a life of this style, yes, of course, it comes with a whole bundle of uh, obstacles and things like that. I'll kind of tell you about the journey that I've had in terms of... uh, I grew up in a very simple model, lower... uh, a middle-class family in India. So my dad used to be in insurance and we kind of got shifted into different cities uh, as we grew up. Uh, so uh, we didn't really uh, know what life or lifestyle was. So for us, it was like uh, food on the plate and uh, education done. Uh, I, at least I would, I'm grateful to my parents because they ensured uh, I've always we get the right set of education. Uh, the biggest blessing that I would uh, see from that journey. Uh, But otherwise, uh, we didn't grow up seeing too many things around. uh, But yes, uh, I grew up in cities like Calcutta, Orissa and all that. There was a lot of uh, art, culture and communication happening around. Uh, 
so it was nothing conscious but then a lot of things that were happening uh, subconsciously in my life you know kind of you're constantly seeing uh, different art light uh, all sorts of uh, things installations happening around you um and so we used to see all that as fun because uh, as kids we would just uh, get excited with any festival coming so that's a holiday so we get to play and roam around and uh, do a lot of things um so that kept me uh, wired in terms of uh, grasping a lot of uh, things and uh, i was a very inquisitive uh, curious child so i would want to know what's happening how they are putting up uh, this thing how are they tying those things or what's happening behind uh, and sometimes it will land me in trouble also at same time when i carried it back into uh, my college or my work uh, i would always maintain that uh, hunger to be uh, different or try different things uh, which sometimes would not go very well in corporates and all that where i used to work like uh, where they were kind of used to uh, structure design and a lot of number crunches where my colleagues you know they were all like hardcore mbas from iims and all that so i used to be like the kind of odd one out uh, doing uh, i in fact i remember uh, i used to be in like uh, prints and uh, shirts like that and jeans and all that and go to work and they will be all like in formals and suit and all that I remember one day I actually went to work like really tucked in and all that like my boss came out and he called everybody in the office and say let's give him a standing ovation today <laughs> because he's kind of come in like uh, formals to work and uh, but then I should be saying that I've been lucky that uh, I've always had amazing set of uh, mentors and uh, um bosses that i've had uh, who would kind of constantly give me that space to be experimental and uh, be different uh but then it comes with its own repercussions like even with clients uh, some clients accept you the way you are and some expect you to be something else uh, so that's a risk uh, you carry and i always love saying that even in my uh, keynotes and talks like if you want to be creative if you want to be wholehearted it's a high risk high return game you know <laughs> i love what you say yeah the risk is big but the returns are also big so i would say i rather take the risk and live this way <laughs> that's wonderful that's awesome but i mean here's here's the thing right it's like uh, this is a risk you rightfully point out is a risk you know some for some people you know they would rather just fit in because of the safety that that they affords you right i mean you don't take the risk so from right. what i'm hearing from you is you sound like you you were a bit of a misfit in the workplace the last time but um as a misfit you seem to embrace it right you don't you, you don't seem to think of it as a problem but it's something that you embrace was it always so easy to embrace or were there any time in your life when you felt like why can't i be more normal more normal and why can't i be you know a little bit more like other people have you ever felt like that or no no at all uh i don't know if i've really put myself into that kind of a thought um uh, because i uh, i would say i've kind of been a bit of a rebel that way in terms of trying to be on the other side but yes i've questioned the thoughts like uh, at least faced questions from family from friends uh uh asking me like oh, why do you have to do this you know uh, uh why do you don't you think it's a little too crazy uh <laughs> trying out like this um i remember when i was like uh, i was like in a very good position i was leading uh i was like the head of a leading radio station largest uh, broadcasting company and then i said you know what i'm going to quit to try something like people thought i was like kind of nuts because i kind of uh the the station and all that had gone through the teething trouble and it was all set and it was all rolling so people uh, like people felt like hey now it's like the smooth period why do you want to leave and do something but then i realized um uh i love that uh, chaos and i like to crack that chaos and bring the stability but then uh the stability is for others to uh, take it and go because i feel i, I thrive on the 
madness and chaos that is there so for me it is like i'm constantly looking for something different so that i get to go there crack it get it streamlined optimized and then get it rolling to the team to take over because i realized uh, i'm not the uh, person who would uh, sit and just keep doing the same thing over and over again because i think uh, repetition or um, something which is very repetitive brings in fatigue into me uh, so i would want uh, changes in variety constantly happening so i've said i rather be in places do projects uh, uh, which kind of give me that scope and that's where i find uh, the kind of current set of work that i do very amazing because one uh, in terms of design of projects uh, we do a project you uh, each project is completely different new set of challenges new customer uh, new kind of budgets to work with and the same way when i'm doing facilitation or uh, client it's completely different from client to client because each time the expectation is different the venue is different the tech is different audience is different uh, so it's very exciting to go down you know uh, understand their challenges see how you can uh, value add to that and make a difference so i think uh, instead of uh, fighting the system side i said hey you know what i'm enjoying uh, trying on being in this side but having said this uh, though i would say you know you take this it's a painful process uh, because uh, it's not <laughs> every day it works it's not that every day you get to do this so the rest of the day when you don't get to do it uh, rest of the day when uh, people question you for being odd time and again answering that sometimes becomes uh, painful you know uh, mm. uh, early part of my life i used to try and justify it a lot you know uh, reason it out why i'm like this but i think um, with time and age i think what you matured to realize you said hey you know what you try and get into your zen mode and say hey you know what this is what i am this is what i deliver and this is how i value add <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot of wisdom there i mean you, you make it sound so simple but i really think that, that in a certain way right it's a form of humility to know yourself to know yourself to admit to yourself and to embrace yourself to accept yourself as you are is a form of not just self awareness but also humility i've seen so many people who get to get themselves lost in the woods because they don't quite embrace themselves and they are trying desperately to fit in or to be like someone else and i think you know um, the level of self awareness and self acceptance that you have is is tremendously freeing and you know inspirational uh-huh. so thank you for that yeah harish um so how, what got you into video Ah, okay uh, my journey um, into that side of life was like uh, i was in an engineering college doing computers uh, my final project i was trying to i was kind of uh, in the engineering college i realized i was not kind of cut out for doing coding and tech and uh, the final year i realized uh, that's when multimedia was picking up in india uh, there was a lot of video production so i wanted to do my final year project in uh, virtual reality and to get to do something on virtual reality you had to learn design you had to learn a bit of audio visual uh, cameras and other thing and that was very exciting and uh, uh, in the college being an engineering college i pitched the idea of doing virtual reality and i had to garner a bunch of people who would join me because the college said if you're trying to do that you're pretty much on your own you have to find batchmates who are willing to risk it out with you i was fortunate i got like two other friends uh who joined me in that uh, journey and that's where i ended up taking up a course uh, parallelly with my regular engineering course uh, taking that multimedia course uh, in the evening uh, so that got me hooked on to uh, video design and all that and i got very excited and soon i realized uh, more than engineering i need to be on the uh, more uh, skewed towards the art side because that's where probably my uh, heart is in terms of uh, making films or videos or design for that matter uh, so i finished uh, my engineering at gotten and uh, then i picked up 
I did my master's in mass communication. Uh, so that's where I specialized more into video production and uh, direction. And then I went on a whirlwind across the country, you know, worked in Bombay. I worked in ad films, uh, feature films, uh, then did a lot of production uh, in Bombay, then a bit in Bangalore and advertising agencies and things like that. And then came back to uh, Chennai as a place, uh, worked on a few animation films, uh, did a 3D animation film, then a 2D animation film, then worked on with uh, a few uh, big leading uh, film directors. And that got me wired into this whole business of uh, making videos, uh, sound. I used to love doing voiceovers. So... Uh, these uh, juggling between multiple things uh, kept me afloat because what used to happen was when you wanted to try something like this uh, back in those days, I'm talking about nearly uh, 15, 20 years back, the doors weren't too many. And um, whatever little doors were there, you had to keep knocking, knocking, and they would give you like a really pittance and making survival was like uh, really like touch and go. I would say I love the journey and experience of highs and lows that have uh, gone through it. But uh, if not for that, I think it would have been very boring and uh, streamlined. But I kind of love what it's gone. But yes, this chaos has been like anything. In that chaos, I found video was very exciting. And I started making films, then documentaries, corporate films. And uh, it took me on uh, to the length and breadth of the country, you know, like being fortunate to go half a kilometer inside the earth. Uh, then, wow. uh, yes, shooting in mines uh, inside the earth to going on top of the cliff, then uh, shooting at like sub-zero temperatures, like really freezing to like extreme heat, like 47, 48 degree centigrade uh, uh, heat. So uh, the kind of experience and the places and some of these places where we've gone to shoot are like, beyond the bounds of any regular man in the country, you know, like shooting on the border of the country or like uh, getting into some thermal plants or inside a turbine and things like that. So it's like amazing uh, journey and experience to go where in terms of my industrial films and content creation processes taken. So I would not regret. In fact, now I see like, okay, now I see how I can take this more more and more globally and uh, journey around so that the storytelling and all that can go on a more wider uh, avenue. Wow, 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 wow. That really just, just really, um, how do I say, scratch the itch of your curiosity and, you know, your inquisitiveness, right? Like, get to go to places like that. It just crossed my mind that, you know, as a video maker, a filmmaker, you're a very, you know, sensitive person. You know, you're very sensitive to your environment, you pick up the little, you know, changes in moods, um, in, in in nuances, in sounds, in the, uh, you know, in the texture, in the in the air. You know, you're able to pick up stuff like that, right? And then, how do you cope on days off, like when you have to switch off, when you you when you when you do lesser, you know, film work and you go to less dangerous and exciting places? How do you cope with that? Oh yes. Um, uh... Early days, I used to, uh, the early part of my life, in fact, I'm trying to get back to that kind of a lifestyle, you know, early days when I did not have a very large team or uh, set up and all that, what I used to do is go on a uh, stretched out shoot like this, I'll come back and then I'll take a break for a week or so, you know, uh, I'll unwind or I'll go to some nearby uh, travel destination, go chill out for a couple of days. Then come back and then uh, resume uh, more into the regular stream of things. So what used to happen was while the production is intensive, then you come back, uh, then you're doing more of a post-production work. So which is more uh, your team is there, they're editing, you're putting it. So it, it becomes a more mental drift at that point of time. Uh, so it's not very strenuous. Uh, so I kind of switch between that and... Uh, this so it kind of balances uh, the strain out. But yes, uh, if you ask me, uh, if you lock me in a room and you put me even in a best of the resort and tell me like, Harish, just like stay put for like a week and do nothing, 
I don't know. I, I I might tend to get a little crazier by the second or I, I I'll probably be okay for a first couple of days, uh, but then my, my I'll start getting crazy after a few days. Then like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm asking that question also because I th- I think um you know now over the past two years with the global pandemic and um several countries and I know India was as well right um, you know lockdown. And, you know, people just don't go out, you know, and they're just craving for that stimulation uh, once again. And on top of that, you have a, a, a sep- separate parallel development of uh, smartphones, right? And now you cannot even go out, you know, um, on, on, on the trains, on the buses, or even in public places. People's eyes are constantly glued to their smartphones. And they, they seem to be oblivious about what is happening around them. So I really am very concerned that there's this global, you know, um, numbing of our senses. But I I see that, you know, as a filmmaker and, and, and the kind of lifestyle that you just described, it seems like you're, you, you're in a very high stimulation environment and that, and that makes you sensitive. And that really is part of what makes you alive and wholehearted, right? So, I mean, how would, how would you say that you can... Um, human beings are generally changing globally um, as a result of the recent developments over the past few years. And how can we stimulate and awaken them to more of their senses? I know that's a big question, but... Uh, oh, no, I, I think a very, very valid and uh, wonderful uh, question, Gwen, because And it's nice that you brought this up. Uh, like, while you were saying this, uh, I was just like... Uh, recently when I was there in Singapore like I was there one of the days I was like sitting and having a sip of coffee uh, morning this uh, girl was rushing Um, but she was rushing and she was just like looking at her phone and suddenly she tripped she tripped like really bad she flipped her phone went one place her her ear pods went all over and uh, she got up she got she was feeling kind of embarrassed she just left half the things and she started running until people behind her were like, hey, you left your bag here, you left your... So I said, uh, that like kind of shook me up because I was like, my goodness, uh, it is not even stuck for her for a couple of minutes that she's leaving behind so many things of hers that's kind of fallen out or uh, things. All she could realize was her phone and she grabbed the phone and ran away. Until then, people running behind her and saying, hey, your ear pods are there. You know, your, you left something from your bag which fell down there. And I was like, man, this is crazy and this is not really right because uh, we're so stuck to the world here that you just can't see things around the world. And it's not even taking you so much of time to connect back. Um, it so happens, see, by, like though I can say this, we asses get distracted so many times. You know, I have a task at hand. I get a forward or a message. From that one message, after five or ten minutes, I'm like, where did I land up here? You know, from there, I've probably gone into watching some reads, some Facebook, to some checking some post on LinkedIn or whatever has happened, which was not part of my agenda. I did not have to do that. But then I've just gone into one... Um, what I would call like a monkey business, you know, it's kind of scattered and I've kind of gone all over till it takes me five, 10 minutes to connect back and say, Hey, where did I go? And some are not even able to realize that. They're so stuck into that world that they are there for hours and hours and mm-hmm. like only when probably a hunger or something more biological happens, then they mm-hmm. get up and oh, maybe I need to get up and eat. And even again, they're grabbing a food it's a display right in front. They don't know what's going on. Maybe a fly is gone inside or you replace the food with something else. They probably are not going to realize that. Yep. So that I feel is a, a really bad state. Like I would not really want myself to get into that, um, which is what I kind of go and uh, talk to organizations, corporates and tell them, you know what, in our rush, uh, to achieve targets in our uh, rush to achieve success. What we are doing is we are disconnecting. Though what we say is connected, but actually what we are doing is we are getting disconnected with life. We are disconnected with ourselves, with our families and all sorts of priorities. 
and yeah. that's i find it very very dangerous and i see it's like you need to get conscious like i do certain things very consciously like if it is night time i make it compulsive that my phone is away it's put on silent um i get up in the morning the first thing is i don't want to see my mobile phone screen at least for the first half an hour or 45 minutes so like i want to get up uh see something outside of the window you know go off walk off to the terrace you know look at my pets or do something of that thing which does not really need me to check the next email that's come or what i need to do i said no very clearly i've set a few hours in the morning off my calendar very clearly and same way um very much late into the evening i think something of that nature if we build into our calendars a structure conscious disconnection is what uh, we need to do and that's wow. where um, we need to balance life out you know get on to a holiday when you're probably off your phone not that you get into a holiday i see so many people at holidays they're out with their laptop from morning to they spend 4 5 hours of their holiday and i'm like you're not doing justice to your holiday you know and i think wow. that to be uh, that somewhere we need to push the world to figure out what where happiness is happiness is not taking that fancy flight to a fancy destination but then uh, it could be the uh, what do you say uh, a mall or even a small uh, beach side uh, which is just a few kilometers down but if you can unwind there great no use going to a fancy place and if you can't unwind <laughs> speaking of holiday is we tend to want to go to see this cathedral see this uh, museum go and eat at this place but the way i like to travel is to really take my time sit in a cafe for maybe 3 to 4 hours and just people watch because i'm very curious about people and i just like to watch how people are like how people relate to each other how they talk to each other with the gestures you know all of that you know to me culture is fascinating and i'm sure as a filmmaker that's one of the things you do as well right to really study human psychology and really understanding what makes people tick so as a filmmaker right what besides you know um seeing that people are constantly on their phone and constantly being busy Are there any other, you know, changes that you have seen in our society at large, um, as a result of technology development as well as pandemic? I think um, one good thing this pandemic did, I think, was um, like you mentioned, uh, it kind of put a lot of reflection time for people. You know, people were with themselves or within their families. Uh, uh, it's kind of you're in a prison. uh for like paramount of time though it's in your home and comfort and uh, most of them are doing things uh forced to do things that they are not bound by you know you had a timetable now you don't have a timetable you had certain x y z tasks to do suddenly you don't have those tasks to do and uh, it brought out more of the human side of people so i found a lot of people turned sympathetic they were more uh, relatable uh, they were more grounded i would say and uh, like your show like the heart, there was more of the heart which you could uh, see uh, but then what i'm noticing is now people are like okay the holiday period is over <laughs> now i need to lose it out and i need to get back to where i am interestingly Uh, another observation that i saw with people and with an organization is uh, a lot more individualistic thing has happened uh, people have started thinking okay what is it you know what if i don't uh, exist tomorrow or life is too short uh, let me live it so that kind of a mindset has come in so which is made a lot of people now come out they're kind of traveling they're trying to sample different things so that the plus side i see is people have uh, tried to be realistic and think that you know if you really think it's all about tomorrow and future and all of that sort you stop living uh, the now then that has crept into a lot of people i think live the moment is what i would say and 
this whole heartedness comes from that and also like you mentioned a few other words before in terms of uh, humility and uh, a basic uh, what i would say a relationship that you see from a a living being to another living being you know not necessarily human being you know to the plants that are there the animals that are there around you the air that you breathe if you are conscious if you add a value to that and you say i'm grateful for all these things that i get um so that will keep you more grounded to relate to another person and i think that's more and more needed in today's life and we need to kind of consciously put that back in people and if you ask me as a filmmaker i would say i need to drive more and more messaging on those lines in terms of as a speaker i'd say if i can sensitize people to uh, think or feel even if there are 100 people in a group and if one person turns around and he says hey i liked what you said and i've kind of taken it back in and putting it back to practice i would say hey okay that's done justice to uh, where we are and what we are trying to do As you face the challenges of living up to your own and others' expectations, you may sometimes feel lost and lonely. However, know that you're not alone. We are here to support you in leaning courageously into your heart's promptings. If you'd like more tips, resources, and to learn more about how you can live more wholeheartedly, or to book me as a speaker, trainer, or coach, please go to coventan.com. That's C O E N T A N dot com. Absolutely right. It's like uh, what you just said is so true. Uh, wholehearted is not the same as being impulsive. You know, um, impulsive living is not wholehearted living. The idea of wholeheartedness is the 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 key word here is whole. To be whole means to say that you need to be able to take care of all your different priorities. Take care of all the different stakeholders, you know the relationships, the people around you as well, and I think that's a very important uh, distinction that you just brought up there as well. So, fantastic, fantastic. Also, also, I'd like to ask a question about um, your designing of art spaces and designing of spaces, right? Um, tell me a little bit more about this because I have always known you as a filmmaker and a very good one at that. It's just that you know I was very surprised also to find out that you're doing uh, a lot of design of of spaces, curation of spaces um, for people, um, even though you don't have an architectural background. Can you tell me more about what is it that you're doing over there and how did it came about? Ah, uh, okay. Thanks for bringing that uh, question, Kain. I think it was uh, about a few years back um, when I was kind of looking back into my journey. Uh, I said I spend a fair amount of time in this world uh, where I said, "Oh, it's a creative world. I need to be in this uh, creative uh, thing." You know, making the film, going to that destination, or making that ad film was creative, uh, or doing a television uh, program uh, or hosting a TV show, which was creative. But then slowly that started kind of fading because uh, it started hitting upon me by saying. hey you know what it's end of the day it's very transactional uh because some client is paying you you're making that uh film to do justice to what he wants or the message that needs to be uh, sent out so it's more like a transactional work i would say because you're getting paid you're making the product yes of course uh, with the best of your abilities and sincerity that you make but still it's a very transactional thing and i realized um after having done that i'm saying where is it what is that that i need to do which is more creative or which is where i started this whole journey uh, back uh, so a lot of reflection put me onto the thought that uh, if i had to do something very pure and uh, very more genuine from the heart um it it should not have a commercial binding or a time binding or something which is restricting me uh, to just go you know you see that flow state if you want to achieve yeah. uh, you need something which is not binding you with a uh, limitation and i found probably there are two things that are very pure in that way is if you want to write something you write with your heart and just go on writing 
uh, without thinking what the end objective is at that point of time. Or if you're doing painting, uh, if you do painting, it's so pure and this thing, you let go. So I jumped into that because more than writing, I felt I'm more of a visual guy. So I jumped into painting and I said, uh, I'm going to just experiment. And uh, I started doing that. Uh, it went on from minutes to hours and hours and hours uh, till a point my family thought like I was kind of going crazy. What is he doing? <laughs> Having his lunch, dinner, um, or the, the entire weekend, the Saturday, Sundays, he's just sitting and doing this. I realized I was hitting my Zen state, but I was just in trance. Um, just the sheer uh, state where I lost the sense of time. I lost the sense of hunger. All I was running in my mind was that uh, color and shape and patterns that were forming in my head and how, how I was bringing them back on the canvas. And I realized, man, this is high stuff. This is like stuff which can make you feel great and energy. See, you can see I'm me getting excited when I'm talking yeah, about Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's it just that it gets you into that kind of a uh, state. And I realized, wow. So it just started from that stage. And I said, okay, I'll make a few canvases. I started putting them up. And uh, luckily I had an office. So there was no questions asked. So I would put up all these <laughs> canvases in my office at home. And uh, I used to paint abstract. So people would, uh, some would come and make fun of it. Then say, what happened? You spill the color or what happened or some would come and say wow what is this and then what i did was uh, i opened up my office uh, i called different invited different artists and i said uh, you do you want to pick uh, let's do a and some of these artists were like really big artists so i told them like you know let's do a barter deal uh, i'll make a you don't have a film so i'll make a film of you making an art and you choose one wall in my office uh, or any other space in my office. You paint whatever you feel like. And uh, that also became a very big thing because I went, met different, different sets of artists. Uh, I would interview them. Uh, and that was a beautiful learning for me because uh, it showed uh, how different each one thought, uh, what different techniques they employed uh, in terms of making their art. And that gave me a lot of confidence to say like, you know what, you can actually do these kinds of stuff. So that one thing led to some architects seeing that and they said, uh, why don't you, you know what, we're designing some house. Why don't you bring in some paintings? We'll buy some of your paintings. I said, oh, wow. So, <laughs> uh, so now there is a commercial value to what I'm doing. And soon I was interacting with a lot of architects, interior people, designers. And then they said, you know what? Uh, there is this section in the building, you know, where uh, Harish, you can think of something artistic or something can happen. So one led to the other and uh, I was designing some restaurants, some clinics, uh, some malls, some experience centers to getting down to museums and spaces. I would say I've been blessed and grateful because uh, in that short span of time, to get a few million square feet of space to be given to me to actually do something about it uh, because I can think of architects and designers who take uh, years or decades to get that much of uh, space to do. Uh, I'm seriously, I would say I've been fortunate that uh, people laid that uh, trust and uh, blessings, I would say, so that I could go and do uh, value add to the design or vision that they had or the ideas that I could put down and bring onto the table and uh, not knowing this kind of turned into a kind of a profession for me, a parallel profession. Uh, and what I liked about that was uh, this was giving me to try everything out in that one space, you know, uh, so it would mean uh, art, it would mean research, it would mean content, it would mean design, uh, it would mean uh, audiovisual. Uh, there's a tech element, you know, where you have to see how the technology, how the projection is going to work and stuff. Uh, I get to uh, do a lot of voiceovers for that in terms of doing 
building the narration for the plays and finally seeing it through so if you ask me that's like the ikigai happening there you know where you uh follow your passion there is a mission and there is somebody willing to pay for what you're following and i said wow uh, i would like to do more and more such things uh, which i would aspire from here so you it gets a puts you on that happy state wow 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 i mean just listening to your sharing is like a um uh, going back to when you first started sharing right about how you were in absolute flow state when you're doing those art pieces you lost track of time you know it's like your inner child is flowing again and i think this is something that even martin seligman you know the founder of positive psychology has himself also admitted right it's like when he first wrote authentic happiness he did talk about you know um what really makes people happy however he realized that he missed out one very important piece the ability or the the option to do something to pursue what makes one happy just for the sake of it even if there is no promise of any financial returns and and he actually came up with another book to talk about this and that's his book called flourish and in flourish he talked about the ability to just pursue something for the pure joy of doing it i think that's what you were describing right there and it's and it's it's funny because here's the thing right it's like very often i i i've heard this saying right don't ask what the world needs ask what makes you come alive and go do it because what the world needs is people who truly come alive and so i i i can't see the whole genesis of it is when you were you were fully alive you were completely alive and it seems like your your energy you know the the universe is just like rearrange itself around you and 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 spot that that that, that passion that you're putting out there and then you know the commercial opportunities come later that's just just so wonderful you know i'm i'm just listening to your sharing and i i'm completely in agreement what really strikes me is you know your insatiable sense of curiosity and um, a sense of wonder as well um especially in a world right where i feel like these are things that we are born with you know as children we were insatiably curious we ask a lot of questions but i feel that it's been somewhat educated out of us in our life um were you always celebrated for your childlike qualities or is there something you have to work hard to maintain ah um i would say uh, it's a constant uh, work in in terms of like uh, if you ask me harish one thing that you would like to protect i would say i would like to protect this inner child of mine and uh, uh, protect this uh, curiosity and hunger in me uh, till the day i die you know because uh, i think that's what can keep me going more and more so if i have to protect something i would say i have to really protect uh, this because if this gets structured because i have realized uh, somewhere in my journey earlier also though i was in the so called creative field but i said you know what i lost that child somewhere in between you know uh, it was like there would be spurts of that child coming up and going but then midway i would lose them on and off so i uh, realized that it's about nurturing that child constantly you need to play uh, to keep constantly nurturing the child and that's the mission and mantra that i take it back to organizations and everything today is about saying you know what everything can happen but that's what you need to keep protecting on and on it's not the bank balance it's not the money it's not this it's that you know because if that is intact it will keep you healthy it will keep your mind healthy because if that's there all other challenges and obstacles are a matter of time or something that you can use your knowledge to overcome but this affected it affects your well-being it affects your family it affects your uh, all surrounding your environment everything you'll see uh, you go to a somebody's house you'll see whether that uh, child is awake in that house or not by talking to that person wow. like i uh, like i'm talking to you fine i know 
you're also a very excited person. You hold a lot of energy. And so, you know that, like, if I have a conversation with you, I can talk to you in the uh, same plane. But then if somebody is not in that plane, uh, or somebody is in a very critical tone or a very parental tone, you'll see that you'll feel choked. Mm. And mm. It's very important in that stage to either move into a different state of mind or you would not want to continue in that state of mind. So if you ask me, I constantly strive uh, to protect that uh, child in me and I try and, uh, what do I say, infect people with that childlike uh, thought and I said, hey, you know what, pick a little of that, you know, go and replicate that back in your family or organizations and I think that's what can uh, bring a lot of energy around us and I think the world needs uh, more and more and more of that uh, around us. Because if that is intact, I would say everything would not be there. What we did as kids, you know, till we got into that bias of judging friends and all that. Before that happened, you would play. You would be curious, curious, curious all the time. You want to know what's there. What is that? You will pick up anything, put it inside the mouth. Till somebody came and said, that is not that you put in the mouth. You're, so the first set of filtering that happens at home. Then you go to school. The school tells you, you know, you need to sit like this. You need to. So again, you're kind of structured where the uh, child is kind of confined. Then you go to college, university, then work. Constantly, you're told to like structure, 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 structure. And in that process, the child is struggling. So, and some of the people just forget that child at all in this whole process. They end up being too matured adults or too critical parents and they remain in that stage and they don't even find the child stage. And I think that's very dangerous because if you're in that kind of thing and if you don't have that child stage, you can no, you will not be a tough guy or I don't know what you will bring into the world. Uh, all the problems and uh, things that are not going great in the world is the child missing there. Wow, well said, well said. I especially love what you said, right? You can see whether the child is alive in the family when you go to people's house. And uh, you can just feel this this atmosphere, this like visceral feeling of being, the word you use is choked. I kind of agree. Yes. I think the word I use is suffocated, right? It's kind of like, yeah. you feel like you have no space to, to, to be yourself. There's no psychological safety, you're being judged and everything. And I think that the world we live in today, you know, we are, we are talking about diversity and inclusion. Uh, we are talking a lot about, you know, having an agile mindset. But isn't all of that just about having that inner child mindset? When you're a child, you're agile. You try all kinds of ways to get the ice cream that you want. You try all kinds of ways to find out something that you, a puzzle that you cannot solve, um, a question that you have that has, hasn't been answered. But of course, what happens is we lost that. You know, then we give up very easily. Um, and an example, I mean, I am an example, right? I'm someone who who has that inner child educated out of me when I was very young. And in my in my bit to fit in, I, I kind of lost touch with that. And it's very funny. It's like a curious case of Cohen time, you know, that <laughs> now that I'm, I'm, I'm fully an adult, that I'm actually going back to nourish and nurture the inner child, to seek out that inner child of mine. And I really feel it's coming more and more alive. And I'm um, talking to people like you helps, you know, because you always inspire me with your inner child. So that sex way nicely into talking a lot, a uh, little bit about, you know, your consulting and um, speaking and um, training work. Tell, tell me more about how do you amalgamate and how you take all of, all of what you have learned from filmmaking, from art, and uh, from all your life experiences into your speaking, your consulting, your facilitating. Um, uh, pretty much. Uh, so, um, like before I started speaking uh, professionally, um, uh, like few of our uh, fellow speakers like you, who you know, like Kurba, Praveen and all of us, uh, we all used to kind of speak in different forums uh, before. Um, or we would uh, do some opening acts like um, or gigs and stuff like that. But what we used to do was we never thought of speaking as professional speaking you know so we would go speak in forums and conferences and stuff like that largely for what so that uh, people see you notice you uh, you come down and then you exchange 
business cards and then you see a, if there is a potential business that can happen out of this so uh, speaking was probably used as a means to uh, scout business uh so we were more the conference speakers also what a lot of people call them you know either or you'll go and speak on a specific subject you know uh, on uh, branding or uh, visual design or something of that sort but then we never thought of it uh, uh, until we met frederick and he came down and uh, he told you guys should really start thinking professionally and uh, put it into a speaking purpose you know define design your keynotes and stuff like that that's when it stuck to us we saying hey okay um we've been doing this but we never put these things in this order or structure or have taken it out to somebody and that reflection happened and then said uh, it didn't uh, i could not make my keynote for almost a year uh, though everything was very uh, distinct but sometimes it's so obvious right in front of you but uh, uh you don't make that and you're like taking all sorts of things from around and then trying to do something and till you finally like ha huh, okay okay all this is what i had to say or this is what was needed so then what i picked up was and they said okay i'm doing all this i'm going to connect this journey of mine and the experiences what i have and that what they say is magical is in terms of when you kind of travel back you start connecting the dots the different different so when you're going through the journey you don't know and then you look back and then you say hey okay these are all dots that has happened in my life and then i said okay this journey of me going back connecting to the dots finding what uh, made sense and purpose i need to go back and tell people to do that you know people don't travel back uh they lose their inner child and uh, they're not playing enough i said that's my mission you know uh, this is the side of creative side that i want to and i would go out initially people say hey you know what our top management is not going to do something like this or i would push them to do an outbound and i said but crazy enough when i went there i had i've had tough times controlling ceos to get back into the room after the activity i like <laughs> uh these guys are not listening to me like they go so much into that child zone they behave really at that child level and they like uncontrollable kids at times uh so you're like oh god now they become now then then i have to change over from a child to a slightly parent adult not by said hey look back now it's time we need to get back we need to <laughs> we need to discuss what it is because uh they Uh, get into that flow state you know uh, initially i've seen this when they come inside the room they are in that ceo cto cxo mode at that point of time so they are like very stiff uh they're like okay what is it let me oh. think uh should i try it or not then slowly they get in they start doing one two and three and then it just goes up and then they're like <laughs> going crazy all over the place so i have found great happiness in terms of uh pushing people to do that and uh, that uh, for me it's like i don't see it as a separate work or anything because i just see it's like a uh culmination of all the things that i'm doing you know where um, uh, it does not it gets you to make people uh believe in what you're doing and uh, there is a larger purpose for them to take it back home so it's not some mystery magic that i'm coming up with but i'm saying i'm just making you realize what you have inside so once you've done then then you're good to go then you go back to doing the same magic so i say apply this back in your life you know go take this and apply back in your family uh, at work uh, you'll see how your team reacts your whole team will bring a complete new perspective and that's uh, beautiful and uh, i love to take that out more and more uh, out to the world and see how you can make an impact man 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 i think that's what the world really needs a lot of now you know i really really am, i'm a big believer of that i totally 100% resonate with your message um i really like the, this phrase you say you write on your linkedin profile it says our world is a box we live in a box 
We work in a box. But what? Why not out of the box? It's not just a cliched way of thinking, but let's be a kid again and we look forward to play with you. I love this. I think um, giving people the permission to, to unleash the inner child of theirs is such a powerful and much needed message in the world today. So Harish, it's been a great time you know, uh, chatting with you and thank you so much for all that you've shared with us. So we like to usually end our wholehearted podcast interview with uh, some quick fire questions. So oh. um, when we ask a question, you just have to say the first thing that pops out of your head and, you know, we'll, we'll ask that you keep your, your, your answers as short as you can as well, right? So here's the first question. Are you ready? Yeah, sounds good. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, right? I mean, out of the box. So the first question out of the box here is, what's the most powerful question you've ever been asked before? Are you creative? Or how do you be creative? Uh, because I think this uh, uh, sounds extremely abstract as a question. Uh, because this is not a question that you can answer straight. Because it's, I believe it's a way to live. Uh, and not a mathematical formula or something to be taught. Because I feel uh, like I say live life out of the box. I say creativity is also something that you live you don't it's it's a way of living and uh, it's not something to just pick up from the book and read and say hey you know what this is the way you be creative i said you need to start living that that's brilliant so who is a mentor or supporter who has made the biggest difference in your life ah uh, okay um i would say the mean um uh, couple of mentors for me in terms of uh, this thing, in terms of when I was in filmmaking, uh, I used to be with uh, a national award filmmaker called Hari Haran. Uh, he was immense in terms of uh, putting different perspectives in terms of filmmaking. He thought, uh, taught me how to be like frugal. Uh, you don't really need uh, 50 or 100 sets of people to actually do something you want to make. Uh, and back in those days, you know, now at least it's very frugal in terms back in those days. So I find him to be a great mentor in terms of uh, films, knowledge, and uh, this thing. And in the current uh, context of uh, things, I would say a lot of them uh, in terms of our speaker fraternity, I uh, call a lot of them, uh, like I speak often to uh, Mariana, Andrea, uh, people like Kathy, all of them are like amazing in terms of uh, you can talk to them. There's like, loads and loads of uh, energy that you get back and uh, you see like, ha, okay, that like Kevin, um, uh, they're like wonderful people to whom you talk and uh, they're full of life and uh, you take back a lot of uh, message from that. Mm -hmm. And personally as a bouncing board here, uh, Praveen is my uh, buddy in terms of a bouncing board, like we constantly have some thoughts, uh, bounce, hey, you know what, I'm trying something. So I, I, I kind of uh, cherish and value uh, bonding between uh, groups and people like that. Fantastic. You're talking about Kevin Cotton, right? Yes, yes. And of course, uh, Frederick Heron that you mentioned as well, right? Yes. Fantastic, fantastic. I agree with you totally. We need bouncing board. And, you know, Praveen is another one of the people I'm looking forward to, you know, hosting on my podcast. I think uh, he's now doing some work in Europe and I'm looking forward to hearing his his adventures after he's back. So my third question is, what is one of the most courageous things you have done in your life that has made all the difference? Okay. <laughs> I would say a lot of things, what I thought was courageous, uh, early part of uh, my life, which I took some decisions, um, put me in some of the worst lows in my life. You know, uh, me trying to quit corporate life, uh, uh, starting to be entrepreneur, business. Uh, I kind of hit rock bottom like anything at a certain point of time, you know, to literally make ends meet. Uh, but that's kind of taught me, um, uh, also given me the courage to bounce back uh, by saying, you know what, if I could face that, 
I could face this. Uh, you know, I've lived uh, without a penny in the pocket. I'm uh, trying to make uh, not having enough meals on the plate or things like that that's gone through oh, what has happened. So, and you see that and you say, hey, you know what? I could manage that and come out. And uh, that's given me a lot of uh, courage to come out and say, you know what? You can face uh, situations and things around and... Uh, don't be stuck too much to a simple thing. Be agile. Uh, constantly uh, analyze the situation and move. Like This is more like how people would be in the enemy or a war zone. You know, Be alert. Keep looking. Be agile. And keep moving. I think that's the courage, I would say. And uh, overcoming that courage has been the most courageous thing that I think I've done. Wow. Thank you so much, Harish. My heart is so full listening to your you know, words of wisdom, your sharing of your stories, and you brought us to some really amazing places. And I think the message is so powerful, you know, to really ignite and nurture that inner child in you. So where can our followers and our listeners you know, um, get hold of you on social media and on, online? Is I'm on uh, LinkedIn uh, with the name Audi Box Life, the same on uh, Instagram and uh, YouTube as well. Uh, so you could uh, hook me on these in terms of my Out the Box and my YouTube is uh, my channel is www.outtheboxlife.com. Um, my though my production house is called Hypnotics, so that shows more of my production work and video works that I do. And on social media, we can just hit you up on LinkedIn or Facebook, or Instagram. Yes, very much there on those. Thanks for being part of this heartwarming conversation today. If you've enjoyed the show as much as I have creating it for you, I really appreciate it if you can leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you won't miss a future episode? To the next episode, Stay wholehearted.